When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. You know, I was just mentioning to you how everything seemed to be pay-per-click this week on the news, but it's definitely turned around, and I think it's mostly because of Gary Isles. <laughs> yeah, he's been very vocal recently. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I really appreciate it. Like I said on the last show, I, I do follow him on Twitter just to see what he's saying because he's always interesting conversations. Sometimes they're, they don't come to anything, but it's always neat to uh, be on the cutting edge of anything he does bring up that might be of any interest. Um, true, true. The, anyway, Jen, Jen Starr, is she still calling herself Jen Starr? I think she really? is. Yeah. Is she? Uh, um, from um, the SEM post has been asking lots of good questions and uh, he's been replying to quite a few people as well and, and giving some actually insightful answers, which is very good, not very Google. Um, <laughs> in, in any case, uh, that's a lot of our show today. My gosh, there's a lot that's come up and, and a lot a of, it, of them, yeah. it seemed to be a bit too broad an answer. And that's the problem with Twitter, right? At the moment, yeah. it's so short. How can he be well, really that accurate? It's, it's, it's really interesting. I'm looking at the list of stuff we have to talk about today. We've got a couple things from Gary Isles where it's just kind of, you know, quick, short answers, 140 characters. And then we got our Thoughts by Mueller segment that we've been trying to do where he talked an entire hour about duplicate content and said absolutely nothing new. So it's, 
<laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much just answers the questions, repeating the same thing again and again. I can't blame yeah. him. It must be hell. I would not want his life. Well, no. maybe his life, but not his, uh, his hour-long dealing with us. <laughs> Although, you know, he might just be thinking, that's okay, I'm making whatever ridiculous amount per hour. <laughs> that's true. <clears throat> I think that does change your look on things. <laughs> um, so, uh, now not starting with the, uh, uh, Gary Ailes, but uh, something from the SEM post, uh, hack site notifications are no longer showing in search results. Um, now, I didn't read whether, why they're doing this. Is there any logic behind so, it? Or? So what they're doing is they used to have, if a site was, they thought it was hacked, they would still list it in the search results, but they'd put that little notification saying yep. this site may have been hacked. Well, they decided instead of like telling people it might be hacked, they're just not going to show it in search results. So right. there's, so if your site's been hacked, you're going to get yanked out of search results instead of getting that little notice anymore, which kind of makes sense to me. Uh, you know, it, it, that I'm not sure why they didn't do that in the first place. Um, well, but, it was a good way of raising attention, I think, to the whole issue. A lot of people weren't assigned, weren't linked to their Google Webmaster tools, probably weren't even checking their site very much. Um, yeah. But it's funny usually, how often they check their search results. <laughs> but usually, <laughs> usually they don't do things in search results for webmasters. They when they make changes in the way they show things, it's usually for the user, right? Yeah, of course. So putting the little notification in there and let users know that this was a problem problematic site. My guess is they tracked um, how often people clicked through to those things and how often they didn't, and realized, you know, when we put that notice up there, people never go to those sites. So why are we putting those sites in there in the first place? It's taking up space where we could put other valuable sites. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, which makes hacked, sense to me. You don't really deserve to be in the top ten. What's the point, right? Well, and it's not always your fault, but it's it's really no. protecting consumers. So you got to take. But you care don't deserve to be there. That's the point. I mean, you can get yeah, yeah, back yeah. there, I'm sure, but you certainly don't deserve to be, be there at that moment. Right. And I'm, I'm I'm assuming that you'd have to do like a fix your hack status and then do a re-inclusion request inside of Webmaster Tools. Yeah, and we do a lot of um, oddly, we do a lot of virus removals from random people that just. Contact us through friends. <laughs> uh, Quit sending people did. emails with viruses in them, and you'll have yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> well, these are WordPress, but they uh, a lot of WordPress sites get hacked because they're not updating their content, like their their plugins. They're leaving dead. Well, that that the is active. their fault. It's, I mean, it's horrible. And it's WordPress. Is, WordPress itself is one of the most proactive at fixing holes like that that I've ever seen of any content management system. It gets such a bad rap for being, oh, there are people hack it all the time. It's not WordPress's fault. It's because these webmasters never update their software. Exactly. Uh, sorry, I'm on a rant. <laughs> it's going to be a good rant today. I get the sense. Okay. Um, yeah, anyways, we, we get a lot of those, but we, we, uh, we do that, uh, you know, they call it. You just mentioned it, but essentially, you, you resubmit to have the malware reinclusion request. You, sort of. Uh, they use a different phrase for it, but anyway, um, yeah. it's fast. I mean, we usually see a result within five to eight hours of them going, "Okay, we've your 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 site is no longer infected. It will take time for this to propagate on on the search, but uh, you will be back in there, which is nice. That is yeah. good." Uh, and uh, they, they understand it's not the webmaster's fault they got hacked. I mean, it is because they weren't in a way because they didn't update their software, but they didn't do anything malicious. You know, somebody else did something malicious to them. Yeah, yeah. They, there's only so far you should hold them accountable. I mean, right. If they're trying to fix it, good. Fix it, get back in the results. That's what they deserve. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah. I, I sometimes I just stop and kind of wonder how 
we, <laughs> we get so much of this on the side. It's like I, I was thinking the other day, maybe we should start another company that just does virus, so small um, WordPress virus removal. It's just ridiculous well, <laughs> just, well, because Dennis is good at it. So. Or a better company would be a company that automatically updates your software for you. Even though WordPress will do that by itself now, if you let it, it just get keep us. It's the I think it's the plugins more than anything that need to be monitored and updated. Oh yeah, so many people leave plugins deactivated, like ones they're not using. Those are like huge holes. They, if you don't have it, if you're not using a plugin, remove it. Don't just deactivate it. It's really easy to put it back. Exactly, to change your mind. Yeah. Exactly. And, and in fact, some of the settings even stay around sometimes, which is helpful. So if you ever to put it back, it's not even a problem to set up again. At least I, I, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but I think that's the case. At any rate, it's easy. And uh, it's certainly worth doing that to prevent your site from being hacked and, and you know, having to spend the money to get it fixed again. So anyway, a little rant there, yeah. Of course, it takes business out of your pocket, though. You're making money off of it, so. Well, a little bit, yeah. But it's, uh, it's stressful because you, you hear these poor people just freaking out. <laughs> Yeah. And then you have to train them on what they need to do properly to ha- so it doesn't happen again. Happen again and yeah, anyway. Panda. So this was interesting. Yeah. Well, before we even get into this thing, I just I also read I think earlier today that they've officially announced that Panda is not going to be a rolling update. It's going to be um you know, just we're going to have versions just, just like we've been having, which is really interesting. Yeah. I guess I it just I wasn't working out, so. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, to be a bug in that wall, I, I just don't, I can't even fathom what they have to go through with humongous systems like they have. But uh, yeah. I just hope it's going to be way more frequent. Frequent. Uh, that and Penguin. Yeah. Well, Penguin is going to be a rolling update, apparently, but not Panda. I just wonder. I mean, they, they could easily switch Penguin, too. They could say, well, you know, we tried, but I guess nothing's well, they, certain. Well, they have said in the last couple of weeks that it is going to be a rolling update, and it's going to come out hopefully before the first of the year. But they have confirmed that, yes, it's going to start rolling. Um, and just like they just confirmed, Panda is not going to roll. I, see, okay. Maybe Panda- well, I thought the Panda was confirmed to be uh, – they're planning on rolling, making it a rolling update a while back too. But anyway, yeah. we have dreaming. Uh, anyway, I guess this is Gary Isles. He says, uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's look at the actual post here. You've got it, one of the links, right? Which one? Probably. So here's what well, you look it up. So what happened was um, another one of these Twitter conversations with Gary Isles about how do we get, you know, does it help to remove low-quality content pages when you're trying to fix a Panda issue? And there's what a couple – Basically what he said is, you know, the, the quote, quote that I took out of it that made the most sense was overwhelm them with quality content. You don't, he's, he's like, don't focus so much on getting really low quality. You don't have to remove that, but overwhelm the, the algorithms with quality content. Okay. Well, what he actually says here, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen the overwhelm part, but it's probably somewhere. There's quite a long conversation, but he said, yeah, at the beginning, he says, we don't recommend removing content in general for Panda. Rather, add more high Q stuff, high quality stuff. So, right. But uh, of course, everyone went berserk on that. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't think that, that we can take that statement as is because there's so many different reasons why there could be low quality content on a site. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even if we're talking about duplicate content, one version is going to be considered low quality. Why wouldn't you want that removed, right? So it's 
there's a lot of issues tied to that. Somebody brought up the example of what if you have like a forum with thousands of pages that have basically no content because it's it's one post with no responses or um, a quick question or categorical pages or profile pages. There's hundreds of reasons why you could have these low quality pages. Well, yeah, it's like you, if you if you find your your engine's leaking oil, it doesn't mean you have to replace the engine. It yeah. doesn't mean you, there's one fix that works for all of them. It's simply not the case. It's there's it's intricate, and you know you would talk to a mechanic, right? Well, the same thing you talk to an uh, an SEO, someone who's completely focused on this type of question and determining what the best answer is. Yeah. Uh, I agree, and then we know from from years ago when Panda first came out, one of the significant things that we learned in the beginning was that these low-quality pages will impact not just those individual pages, but your whole site will lose authority because of them. So why wouldn't you want to you want to reduce the number of low-quality pages as much as you can? And in some cases, adding good, overwhelming content on those pages is just not possible. So why would you not then remove them if you can? At least remove them from the index. We're not saying delete them from your site, but remove them from the index by blocking them from search and getting them removed from the index, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if, and if you can go in there and update it and make it a better piece of content or through an, or redirect it to a better piece of content, do it. I mean, uh, that's a no-brainer. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then you are thickening it as one of the things you said yeah. here yeah. well if there's thin content make it thick <laughs> yeah, but, but, but so many people are jumping on the uh the clickbait type of headlines on this issue and saying google says don't remove low quality content well that's not 100 percent accurate it's in some cases that's probably exactly the right thing to do some cases yeah you're going to want to remove it it's just it's becoming too much of a black and white statement and it's nowhere, uh, near, it's nowhere near black and white. Yeah, pardon the pun. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, interesting. And I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm really glad this sort of stuff comes up. Well, first of all, it keeps us talking. And then second of all, it's always interesting to see how people react, especially the, the SEOs that really don't know what they're talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. the ones that just will just spout this verbatim and start acting on it without really thinking it through. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, Google PageSpeed tool. Now, one of the things we talked about recently was interstitials. Now, these are only for apps. Now, interstitials are generally an, an ad that you'll see before once you get to a page that is pu- pushing you to the app. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, mm-hmm. that's right, right? Yep, yep, that's correct. Yeah. And Google said that that would uh, you know, have some impact on you know on rankings um, and. Uh, Apparently now the Google Page Speed tool is reporting on that. Uh, yeah, but, they, yeah, yeah. The actual the actual quote or the actual thing they say in the report is your page appears to have an app install in an interstitial um, that hides a significant amount of content and must be dis- disabled before the page can be used, which results in poor user experience. Blah 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 blah. So it is very specific to app installs um, in this particular case. Um, and they don't want you using it because it's blocking content from the users, <laughs> even though they're the ones years ago that kind of pushed it. Yeah, ironic. Intr- anyway, yeah. I, I love when they add you know some some a little more uh, verbose info on these page speed tools. Uh, they're mm-hmm. so handy. I use them all the time. So 
uh, Google PageSpeed tool, PageSpeed Insights. These are just great place, great tools for you to use. Um, so, so, so it does bring up something interesting to me is spe- specifically on mobile, they're really focusing on, you know, content not being hidden, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what they're really focusing on is, you know, the fact that it's hiding the content. There's lots of ways you can do things to hide content. You know, putting things in tabs hides content. Yeah. And, so and we and we know from when when Gary was well, up, not Gary doesn't technically we, hide it. It just is less well, value. True, but it, well, it hides it from the user until you click something. Just yes. Like a, okay. A, a so you're just talking about users. Right? Sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just users, and and just John on our show even said that that content is not as valuable. So to me, it's getting to the point now where we're thinking about okay, it's becoming much much more important, especially in mobile, to make sure that any content that's important to you as a webmaster that should be important to your users needs to be visible on first load. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's becoming a bigger part of our job as SEOs to understand when and when it's not when and when it's not a problem. Well, and and this also adds to the whole planning scenario for a new website. So many people don't put a lot of thought into what content should be there and what shouldn't. I think it's good because it forces them to put a lot more thought into the the layout of their site, the message they want to put out there. What mm-hmm. is the goal of the person when they get to the site? What do they want them to do? Uh, oh, I don't know how many sites I see, and and I you know I don't mind this because it's a good opportunity to educate the client. But so many sites don't really have a goal. I mean, it's a nice page that says nice things about the business and says we do this services and these services, but there's no, okay, we want you to follow this path. Hello. It's really obvious. Yeah. Well, no, no, we don't have that. <laughs> I think there's, I think there's a big opportunity here too, to help sculpt what is seen on your pages as relevant to the search engines, right? There, there was a the whole big deal about page rank sculpting years ago, which is, was kind of stupid and never really panned out in a lot of people's minds. Some people still cling to it like it's, like it's gold, but it's not. It's fool's gold. Uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Another rant. It did work for stuff, so I know that it did work. It just, it was yeah. very, very but, high but, level tactic and too many lower level people were using it wrongly, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's the right way and the wrong way to use all this stuff. But when you're thinking about content that's, that's hidden on a site, there is a right way to do that. Let's say you have e-commerce and you have a product that has a lot of technical, you know, information about, like, say you're selling a laptop, and there's a ton of technical information about that laptop that's going to be on every other site that is selling that same laptop's page. If you do put that behind a tab, now you've actually you've, you've actually strengthened the targeting of your page because you still have that content available to users, but it's not going to be as um, weighted as strong as a, as content related to to that particular product, right? And it's also duplicate content anyway, so you're kind of it. Kind of, I think it's kind of going to help you if you learn how to use this correctly. So I, I was thinking about you the other day when I was doing this research for a client. Uh, we have a high-end uh, a client who's a huge e-commerce site, and he was trying to figure out what it is, what it's going to take to to get the, uh, the rankings needs in this this new site. And I said, well, you know. Uh, we talked about a number of things, but one of the things I brought up was what you had talked about and uh, in the show and, and how you know, the future is really talking about the products that these widgets are being used in to try and get that attention. And anyway, mm-hmm. I, I did some competitor analysis for them, and oh, crap. I mean, I, I can't share all the info because, frankly, I think it would be great to, for any auto 
client out there that needs it because I, I can take another one right now on right now. But anyway, um, <laughs> is well, one of the things that blew my mind was one of the sites that we looked at that was had over six hundred thousand uh, uh, rankings, uh, not all top ones, but you mm-hmm. know, very very decent, good saturation. We had to double check, triple check this. Every duplicate page, things that would be normally duplicate. Everything had custom content. I have no flipping idea how they, I mean, I know how they did it. They had to have done it through an API with a content provider. Holy hell in a handbasket. Could not believe it. Yes. Well, and you wonder how much it costs in comparison to what they must be making. I mean, they're killing it. Just well, you know what's you know what's interesting to me, and I'm waiting for someone to approach me and say, "Hey, guess what we developed?" But you know, like the Associated Press has built algorithms to write news, so you'll get a news article that is written a hundred percent by a computer, and you will not be able to tell the difference from whether it was written by an author or not, right? And it's much more fair. Um, if, if that's that's not really English, but it's it's a fair article. Isn't there's no biases in the article? It's purely information driven, but it's it's informational, and it's written 100 percent by a computer, and you would not be able to tell the difference. <laughs> when someone does that with product content and that kind of stuff, they're going to make a huge, huge, huge bank on that. No, they, no question. No yeah. question. And for all I know, maybe this was done that way, but I doubt it. Um, yeah. It was certainly a big company that I was reviewing, but. Uh, ah, competitor analysis. Fascinating stuff. I always learn so much when I do it. I just wish I had more time to do it all the time. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, we looked at a few of them. We looked at three different competitors and found that there were varying levels because they both are doing well. All three of them were doing well. But the one that was doing exceptionally well, I didn't think it was going to last. So we didn't follow that one in our recommendations. But the one that was doing second best, I saw that one work in a long, long time. And it was a, sort of mm-hmm. in the middle ground. It wasn't everything being custom written, but sort of half of it, but in a smarter way. Uh, fascinating. So was it, was it all basically descriptions on products? I mean, that, those were the pages, but they mixed other information in there. That's part of the secret. shout the hell you after anyway <laughs> let's take a quick break when we come back. Uh, We've got some more news and more Gary Howe stuff. Woohoo! SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. 
Namejet.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right, where are we at here? I guess we're going for the next Gary Isles comment. No, are, are, talk about the accelerated mobile pages and search because I've missed this because I was at an internal conference early this week. Oh, yeah. we, bring, we bring people in from all over the country and have our own like our own conference, and, and I missed this. So, what is this about? You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today. Well, there you go. I was going to ask, ask, ask you guys if you'd already jumped on board this. But anyway, um, I've got to find the original. This Okay, what happened is Google announced that um, they are they've I guess they're a part of and whether or not they actually launched it I don't know a part of an initiative an open source initiative with massive companies like Wall Street Journal all these different like sites and stuff uh, to create a more uh, a faster more optimized mobile experience for this kind of content like the Guardian all this kind of stuff um, anyways there wasn't a lot to it I mean they didn't tell you very much except that they're putting this out there and they're they're looking forward to it accelerating the mobile experience I thought oh I have to talk to John about this and see what you've already. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna have to look into it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I did hear that that I think it was the Washington Post has recently said they're publishing every single one of their articles are going to now start being published on their Facebook page, which means I, you don't have to subscribe to it anymore. You just go to their Facebook, which is an interesting strategy. I'll be interested to see how that works. Yeah, um, so looking at some of the people are using it, the Washington Post happens to be. The Wall Street yeah. Journal, Time, New York Times, Mashable, Daily News, Telegraph, News Corp, Australia. And it's huge. Huffington Post. I mean, it is the all the all the movers and shakers are involved. Um, and Not got, all of them. Well, no, a lot of them movers <laughs> and shakers. <laughs> In any case, it's. Uh, I think it's it's welcome. I'm sure to many people. Uh, news readers will. Be able to load content a lot faster, and probably a lot less resources required on the net. Uh, we know we've only got a certain amount of bandwidth out there, right? At least at this point. Mm-hmm. So, pretty cool. I think it, it's another indicator. Which we, we're getting them incessantly, but it's always good to see that mobile oh. is becoming more and more and more and more critical, and you have to keep thinking about it. I'll have to go uh, talk to my my friends over at Condé Nast because I know I see they're involved. I'll get the inside scoop. Yeah, definitely. 
So uh, another Gary Alice comment. This one is the one I, uh, I posted here because I saw it like minutes after it was done. I was like, what's this? <laughs> it looked interesting. Um, so Jennifer, uh, again, Jennifer Slag asks, for a duplicate content scenario on the same site, would Google favor the shortest URL structure page over a longer URL? And Gary Alice says, yes. In general, the canonicalization algorithms prefer shorter URLs if you leave it up to them. And then... Uh, Go for it. So, to me, this whole thing's a little bit another one of these misleading link, you know, kind of like a link bait type of thing. Jennifer's article is basically titled "Google Chooses Shortest URL for Duplicate Content on the Same Site." But what Gary said is the canon- the canonicalization algos prefer the shorter URLs. First of all, that's just tied to canonicalization because when she ex- when this was dug in a little deeper, it was about a canonicalization issue where there was two URLs. Rand Fishkin had talked about it on a whiteboard Friday. There were two URLs on the same site. Both of them were canonicalized to each other – or no, to, to themselves. Um, but they were both basically the same content, duplicate content, right? And so this is – I'm pretty sure Gary's answer was tied specifically to canonicalization and it says it prefers shorter URLs. Does it mean it will always select the shorter URL? But of course, the article says Google chooses shortest URLs. That again, that's that's why our industry is in such a such a mess because this kind of stuff. Someone's going to read that. They're not going to read the details of the article and they're going to go, "Oh, okay. Now I have to make sure all my URLs are short, right?" And it, <laughs> uh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> rant, rant, rant. Um, yes, yes. It's nice not to be the only ranter today. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and he, I mean, he does say it prefers if you leave it up to them, a shorter URL. But that that doesn't. What does that mean, really? I mean, and it's not leaving it up to Google. That's not what he said. If you leave it up to Google, no, he said if you leave it up to the canonical algorithms, none of the other algorithms come into play in this conversation, and yeah. they will have an impact on this, right? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, as usual, especially with Twitter, with anyone answering a question on Twitter, it's pretty hard to be accurate. But yeah. especially with Google, you know there's a lot more to the answer. You can always take that for granted. <laughs> the, I think the easiest answer to this situation is don't have duplicate content. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Please. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Find a way to get around that, and your your problems are solved. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's easy. You know, just call us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay, so reviews are more even more important to local search. And this is your baby, so please. Oh yeah, this is interesting. We we've all know, we've known for a while. We've always t- we've talked about it here. If you do any kind of research at all in local search, you know that the reviews, the number of reviews you have, have an impact on how well you do in local search. Now, previously, and I think still algorithmically, they don't take review sentiment into consideration, whether it's a bad review or a positive review. That sentiment is not really taken into consideration algorithmically. It's more about how many reviews do you have from a variety of people. However, now they've started testing putting the stars for your reviews actually in the search result listing. So while the algorithm may not really take a you know a algorithmic approach to um, whether it's a good review or a bad review people clicking through are going to see that now whether it's a positive or negative review what overall was 
was that they were red, not orange, as they always have been. Eh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> that, I, I don't pay that much attention to colors. I think this is this is more of because I haven't seen these reviews a hundred percent of the time already, right? And I think this is becoming more prominent overall is seeing these reviews in these local three packs, especially now that it's a three pack as opposed to a seven pack. It, it makes a huge difference. But I do think you know, the, as as I mentioned, they were orange. I mean, they were there for me. I've seen them, and now they're making them red. I mean, it's tiny. Yes. But it's it's the kind of thing that you. It's amazing. I mean, you've done lots of e testing too. Little things like that can be shocking. Oh yeah, I actually did testing back in the past, and we used we used to purposely build our pages to look amateurish because the the click through rates and the conversion rates on pages looked like they were built by amateurs did so much better at one point. I don't think that's the same now, but because they. People trusted them more than the, the flashy, hot, slick pages. They didn't trust them as much as they trusted something that looked like somebody was sitting in their basement building it, right? I bet that's still the case in certain markets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it makes perfect sense in a lot of cases. But uh, yeah. I know I, I actually, with all these new mobile-friendly sites and these impressive CSS uh, designs, they looked a little too slick sometimes. Uh, I actually worry about it. I've, I, I have actually caught myself worrying about our new site, which is, yes, I know it's not out yet. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ingo- ongoing joke in the office, too. Oh, God. Yes. Anyway, it's, um, it's becoming an ongoing joke here as well. Just yes, so you know. it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week we're going for Final Draft Friday. So All right. We're hoping. You know, the only thing I have had an issue with, and I keep coming back to my own personal advice on this. It's funny how you can question yourself, but... We've got so much historical content. It's ridiculous. I don't want to put it all back online because oh, there's no way in hell it's update, up to date. A lot of the images and little links are dead because it's social media. God, how much has that changed? So what yeah. do I do? What would, you, what would you do? If you've got like, because we've been 18 years, we've got, well, we started writing a lot in 2001. What I've done is only take everything from 2010 on and move it to the new site. But I hate losing that content, but then again, I don't want it there because it also brings a lot of broken air, broken links. I would definitely do a lot of digging into my analytics tied to that old content to see how much of it's still driving traffic. Um, if there's stuff that's driving traffic that's incorrect, I wouldn't get rid of it. I'd fix it. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of stuff that's probably hasn't given you a, a single visitor in in years, right? Didn't want you to say that. <laughs> don't worry about list. that. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> Over, what, what was it that Gary said uh, on that first thing? Overwhelm them with quality content, Ross. <laughs> he did. It's just not so high quality anymore. <laughs> it's a little outdated, but it's also but it, nice. I liked being able to show that we could we've been writing that long. I think it's a good good thing to have on a site. Well, so so. Do this, okay? And this is this is. I don't know if it's easier or harder than what than just going back and rewriting it. But why don't you publish it all? Because that makes a good point. That history is there, showing that you've been doing this since, since, as long as you have is important um, to, for for your business. If you don't want that old stuff being shown in search, however, block it. But publish it. It, it is blocked it. now. It is blocked. Um, all right. Then why? What's your concern? Um, uh, it's the experience. People going onto those pages, they're ant- antiquated. Some of them are broken links. I mean, it's, 
broken you images. To, you need to dig into analytics. I get know. get Screaming Frog running across your spider. I know you already have it, but run the whole th- run Screaming Frog to see find the broken links, find the broken images. That should be fixed anyway, right? Just good standard site maintenance. Yeah. See, listeners, management of a site sucks even for SEOs. <laughs> Their <laughs> own website. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you. Yeah. All right. I know I've got more work to do. All right. Well, let's on that note take a quick break and we come back. Uh, I've got a couple more pieces of news for you. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio, T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. (laughs) Carl Bush. Thank you for your nice comments. Uh, we answered his question last week about uh, keywords in SEO, and uh, yes. and he he wanted to say that uh, he's looking forward to listening to this show. And but he actually listens looks forward to listening to all shows. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've ever listened to one of our shows. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I caught one once. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just drove back home from New York to to Cleveland. I had like six and a half hours. And I'm like, should I listen to some of our shows? Or should I get an audiobook? I think I'm going audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be kind of fun to go back to some really really old ones just to see what we were talking about. But your idea of, your idea of fun and mine are completely different. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah <it's> probably very <laughs> <right> true. <laughs> but you know, I was I saw an article on the SEM post. Uh, earlier this week um, and it kind of reminded me of Carl's question from last week where he was asking about his keyword targeting on his site and this article was really about 
how important are keywords to SEOs these days? And I thought it'd be an interesting thing just for us to discuss because I know we've talked in the past. I've said this for a while now. I, I kind of believe that the idea of a, a writing or targeting specific keywords on your websites is, is not a practice you should be doing anymore. It should be more targeted towards a topic and, and have varieties of keywords coming out of that topic on a page. Um, just thought, are you, what are you thinking about keywords? How do you build your, deliverables and your products and how do you talk to clients about keywords these days ross i do a bit of both i, I know that the, the long play is definitely topical um, i know though that in some cases especially when we're we've got a very very focused client with a great need for one particular ranking we do a bit of the keyword stuff on the page you know a little more focus on that that key phrase um, i don't like doing that but it does work still so uh, you know <laughs> it's what works right but I do believe wholeheartedly that you have to build a lot of authority around a topic for anything to last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that even like applied to, to, to link building, for example, we've, we've for years now, we've gone away from building a bunch of links with specific anchor text to a specific page. It's about that anchor text because, you know, that's not natural, right? So now it's more about building a good backlink profile for a site, making sure you have things like image links and links to URLs or brand names, not really just a high percentage of highly targeted key phrases, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing to me that points to keywords targeting specific keywords is i'm not going to say dangerous but it's not as effective as it used to be no overall no and synonyms you can't i mean there's a see we're technical right we're talking technical what you really need to do is just write really well about your topic and all these things will fall into line synonyms all the, you won't always use the same word. It would sound horrible, right? So you're always mm-hmm. using synonyms. You're using different ways of saying the same thing. And Google understands that now um, and always has to a degree, but it's getting much better and has gotten much better. So it's important that you just write really well with a, with a long-term goal of being an authority on that topic. Yeah. And, and just because he'll be very happy that I said it, if you read something about something called latent semantic indexing, which is – kind of how the indexing works tied to synonyms and semantic phrasing. Just kind of ignore it. And David Harry will be really, really happy I said that. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he has rants about that occasionally, doesn't he? Yes, he does. That's his his, uh, trigger. If you want to really get David Harry from the SEO Dojo to to go off, talk (laughs) about LSI, and he will go off. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. They they focus on little details like that. I'm, I'm no, like, it's an interesting topic, but I'm just more focused on what works right now. No, <laughs> something we did at the beginning of the year that I'm still trying to figure out how to manage more effectively is is we changed our products that we sell to small businesses to go away from you know keyword focus, right? And even to the point where we changed our pricing model, a lot of SEO firms will price around how many t- key phrases are we going to target for you to do better on, right? And and when you're scaling and you're trying to do this for trying to do SEO for hundreds and hundreds of clients, that's really one of the only ways to do it efficiently is by saying, okay, for this client we're going to tackle these terms, for this client we're going to tackle these terms. And it makes a lot of sense, but it's not necessarily the best thing to do for those clients. So we started beginning of this year, we got away from that completely. And now we started 
to, to really focus as a metric on traffic. What are we sending to your site? What are we doing for your site? What are the goals beyond just ranking better for a term that we can help you improve on? But no matter what we do, people are always saying, I want to know how well I rank on this or that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. There's, it's so hard to get away from that and to re-educate clients around the fact that that's, that's a performance indicator. Sure, it, you're going to rank higher, you're going to perform better, but that's not your goal. Have you run across that and, and how do you deal with that? Uh, my favorite thing is the, the initial phone call with a client or prospect when I get to say this. And I get to say, you know, our focus – of course, is to uh, attain your goals. But your goals aren't just getting rankings. It's about getting business. That's what we really want to do for you. So we're focused on getting you stuff that will actually convert. We're getting you business. Uh, That's your bottom line. One of my favorite things, our job is to increase your bottom line online. So when it comes to this stuff, it's easy to really... Okay, what I'm getting at is when a client is really distracted about a ranking it's pretty easy to get them off to a happier place when you say does that really matter look how much more money you made (laughs) yeah just leave it to us okay (laughs) that that does help as long as you're making them more money (laughs) exactly and and that's the goal right that's everything we're doing and 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 you know some clients don't listen unfortunately and and we don't get the best result i wish we did but if they they listen to us what can we do and I say something similar to that when I'm talking to clients that are fixated on that. I'm say I usually say, you know, keywords are not your goals. Your goals almost always have some kind of dollar sign attached to them, right? That's what you want to do. You're driving business. You want to make money. Keywords are an indicator that'll help you make more money if you're doing better on those. But that's not the goal. There's lots of other ways to reach that goal other than ranking two points higher on this one term, right? Um, I, would you rather rank, you know, in the top three for your ten best terms, or in the top five or six for a hundred and fifty best terms? Right. Well, and the thing is, how easy is it to actually report on that anyway these days? Even the best uh, system isn't that accurate because it's so personalized. Yeah, very true. And with all the different things, and you know, when there's local search stuck in there, when there's news search, I mean, the 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 amount of traffic you get from a placement in organic search changes so frequently these days, based on those other things that are getting stuck in search results, that it's it's hard to say because you're doing because you're ranked number three, you're going to do great. Not if there's a local three pack at between number two and number three, you're going to do horrible because because there's you're technically you're ranked number three, but you're really down there to number six. Right, because of those that local three pack. Damn you, Google! Yes, <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. It is. It's cray cray. Okay. Did you really say that? I did. It was fun. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, okay. You know what? I know we had another one we wanted to fit in here. I think we. Like no, we this. we actually talked about that. That was the thoughts by Mueller. The fact that he did an hour on duplicate content and actually said nothing new. We already kind of mentioned it anyway. Okay. <laughs> Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed yourself and got something out of it. Uh, On behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Karka, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, please leave us a a message on the Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.